This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Wednesday, October 15, 2008. I'm Caleb Brown. Just about every day now, a new federal intervention is readied in Washington, D.C. to contain the leftover and growing fiscal crisis not addressed by the previous federal intervention. The latest, a massive federal purchase of preferred shares in nine of the largest and healthiest banks in America. Cato Institute Chairman Emeritus William Niskanen yesterday commented on the plan the lessons for libertarians in the financial crisis fallout. Is one of the lessons that libertarians ought to learn is that certain government intervention at certain points in time have an overpowering seductive feature that is almost impossible to avoid? That may, may, that may be true, although I don't quite understand how uh, requiring the nine biggest healthy banks to uh, sell preferred shares to the Treasury um, at, in combination with uh, their, the compensation of their executives being limited. I don't understand why that triggered a, a big run, a big increase in the stock market. I'm, I'm puzzled about why that particular action uh, triggered a big increase in the stock market. Okay. Well, I mean, we could debate why the, the markets go up and down based on what part of the of the news they're actually paying attention to. Well, that's to. right. And we're getting, we're getting major news every day, and um, much of which was not anticipated when this uh, huge uh, bailout bill was passed. The uh, Treasury has talked initially about uh, buying a bad mortgage paper from American banks. Then they said they might buy bad mortgage paper from some foreign banks. Now they're talking about buying or compelling the purchase of, um, of preferred shares from American banks, and they have agreed, they have finally got the uh, nine biggest healthy banks to agree to such a uh, sale of uh, preferred shares to the Treasury. All of this was really, most of this was unanticipated at the time when Congress voted on this uh, huge bailout bill. Unanticipated by the Treasury, among other institutions. How clearly can we abide by or expect the normal functioning of uh, economic principles in a time when we seem to be entering a state of where psychology seems to be so much more a relevant uh, consideration? Well, I think economic principles are relevant, uh, are irrelevant in terms of anticipating what the Treasury or the government may do. Uh, we've seen that in the past. Uh, I was an assistant director of uh, Office of Management and Budget in 1971 when the president for which I worked imposed uh, wage and price controls, a uh, big tariff on imports, uh, basically with little or no prior uh, deliberation within the administration, none whatsoever outside the, the administration. It was wildly applauded at the time until, among others, George Meany started talking about uh, about it, against it. Those wage and price controls lasted in, throughout the 1970s and were finally ended only by Reagan when he ended the price controls on gasoline. And even economists, weren't they generally supportive? Well, they didn't, they didn't raise much of a fuss about it, that's correct. Even though these, uh, these actions separately and in other contexts would have been very much criticized by economists. In the, the actions in the 70s were also ineffective, is that in 1971, the inflation rate was 4%, and in 
And in 1980, it ended up at about 13.5%. You know, what is the big takeaway for libertarians in uh, negotiating both the politics and economics of situations like this? Well, I think that what has happened recently is a consequence of um, an unfortunate lack, uh, an unfortunate unwillingness of Congress to uh, force a serious debate on this issue. Uh, they wanted to go home to run for re-election. They, uh, without question, they voted on the basic structure of the of the proposal made by the Treasury, and then added and and then they, they added a hundred billion dollars or so of things that they wanted to do anyway. So it's been it's basically a breakdown of the checks and balances within the federal government that has led to this action, uh, in part because the Congress is in a rush. Uh, the administration um, said that this was an urgent must-pass must bill, and uh, so Congress basically spent a week or so uh, adding other features to the bill. But the absolute limits uh, on what was authorized is not yet clear. At no time during the deliberations on this bill was there any thought that the federal government would be involved in purchasing uh, preferred shares from from American banks, all the talk was about uh, about uh, uh, buying some of the bad mortgage debt uh, from uh, domestic and some foreign banks. Is there any rumbling that, in fact, the limit will get pushed out again to something that is cur- that is until a week ago was not under discussion? Well, uh, there may be, but uh, with a big increase in the stock market yesterday, that will be deferred for a while until something else happens. I want the libertarian community and the broader political community to learn lessons from this episode about what ought to be done in the future to avoid the kind of repetition of this kind of situation. They have to, Congress and the president must correct the institutional flaws that led to this this collapse. And I would include among that uh, the Community Reinvestment Act, and the, and the role of Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac. William Niskanen is the Chairman Emeritus of the Cato Institute. Video podcasts and full event podcasts are also available for download at cato.org.